Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Travis Yonker. Today is part two of my conversation with Meg Medina and Christina Soontornvat. In this episode, Meg and Christina take us behind the scenes of their writing process. Along the way, we discuss Michael Phelps, show tunes, and the benefits of paying to be cut off from the internet. And don't miss the speed round questions at the end. Let's head back to Washington, D.C. in my conversation with Meg Medina and Christina Soontornvat. Um, okay, so I'm just curious about a typical day for, for you two, a typical day of writing. So, Meg, what, what does the day look like when you're working on something? She goes to the YMCA. <laughs> I used to go to the YMCA. Then the pandemic happened. <laughs> Meg does not go to the YMCA. So I get up. I, um, I discovered yoga during the pandemic. I'm not bendy. I'm not very good at it at all. But um, I needed something to calm down and get centered and stretch. So I get up, I um, do yoga, I sometimes will do my walk in the morning. I try to write first. The problem is that sometimes um, their emails are stacked up or the, the billion social media things that you know we are posting and doing and all of that. And I was explaining this over dinner with, with um, my publishing family, that the, the issue is that if I start my day there, right, I can't get quiet enough later to write the book. I just, I stay in these like 30 second media loops or something. So it's important for me to write first and then um, whenever I can and then do all the responding and social media things like that. Um, you know, I have a dog that I walk through the woods a lot when I'm trying to think. His name is Hugo. Um, and uh, then, you know, I'm home. So I go to the pantry. I have too many snacks. I do laundry. You know, all the things, right? When, I, when I'm stuck, I go domestic, right? I, I go, you know, that needs a swiffering. And, and I go and I do that. It's not very, you know, glamorous, but that's the truth. Yeah. Christina, how about you? Yeah, oh, it's very, very similar. I, I write first also. Like, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Just, if the world gets in there, it's just so hard to push it out. Yeah. So I, tr- I usually take kids to school or take them to summer camp and then go into my office. And I have an app that I pay for that will cut me off of the Internet, which I also pay for. So I pay to be connected to the internet, and I pay to be shut off from the internet. So I, yeah, it's uh, the Freedom app, and they need to like give me some sort of like stipend or something because I go around and I talk about yeah. <laughs> talk about it all the time. But um, and, and it just like cuts me off from all email, social media, and I set it for like. 25 minutes, and it's like the Pomodoro method. Have you ever heard of the Pomodoro method? Yes, yes, yes. You do 25 on and five minutes off. And people are always like, 25 minutes surely is not long enough. But you can get so much done in 25, in like a burst. Oh, well, on a good day. (laughs) Yeah, right. Some some (laughs) days for 25 minutes, this is me. Yeah. Yeah, you're just staring. Yes, right. right. There's nothing. I mean, there, there can be some days where I have spent three hours and uh, three or four hours and I've written a paragraph that I can commit to and those are the most frustrating days because you know those are the days where you feel like oh I have seven hours to write today I'm gonna finish two chapters I'm gonna you have these ideas and 
you're a dry husk that day. It's awful. And then other times you're in the wrong place and you're looking for a piece of paper to write down the solution that you've just discovered while you're at, you know, in the grocery store squeezing peppers or something. It's just an amazing <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. But yeah. I I wish that I I wish that I could align my time availability with my creative yes (laughs) mojo it sometimes it doesn't work it doesn't work like that yeah it sounds like it's like a um an exercise in sort of tricking yourself to not have big expectations right it's like keeping it low and then just kind of doing the work oh yeah i i think psyching yourself out and psyching yourself up it's like i it's maybe the only thing i have in common with michael phelps is like (laughs) is that like you know you see him before or when he used to swim that he would like you could tell he was psyching himself up. He had his, his hoodie on and his earbuds in, and, like, he was just prepping himself for this race. And I feel like when I'm, like, I'm driving my, like, drive my kids to school, and then I'm driving to my office, and I've, I've got my music on, and I'm like Michael Phelps. I'm like, I'm gonna, I gotta psych myself up to write this chapter, you know. Where is your office? Uh, it's close to my house. I rent, yeah, I rent it. So you rent, all right, I so you pay for internet, yes. you pay to get booted out of internet, yes. you have space to write at home, but you have an but office. Pay, yes, that's okay. right. Oh, I had to do that during the pandemic. I had to get out of the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. So oh. I actually, I rent uh, this space in this, like, it's a co-working space and all, everybody else in the office, we all, you know, do different things, but most people are like doing, you know, corporate things or IT things and they'll be like I'll walk out to get coffee and they'll be having conversations about like reports and meetings and like um, goals and things and I'm walking through the kitchen thinking like okay um, how you know like so, something about like a magical creature like should it be a, a fluffy lavender lamb or a fluffy lemon lamb yeah. and like those are the thoughts that I'm having while I'm walking through the space. I, I love the, the Michael Phelps idea that you're just like sitting in a chair with like the hood over, you yeah. know, blasting the headphones. Is there any particular music that gets you in the writing zone or is it, is it a mix? Uh, it's always a mix. I have like a, a different playlist for every book, um, like lots of different songs, just like, like a feeling, like trying to get into a feeling. Um, a lot of show tunes because I feel like show tunes are so musicals are so emotional <laughs> so you mean like musicals. hello dolly oh like not, that? not like hello dolly <laughs> hamilton like, no, yeah, uh, yeah i could put a hamilton song i i mean like um songs from waitress and wicked and like okay. it just like a real like the heart-wrenching song okay. like that's that's i have to have that do you have a, do you make playlists for your book i make playlists but after i've written the book oh, and then i'm funny. i'm making the playlist that sort of speaks the story in my yeah or the characters. But when I'm writing, I play what my husband calls woo-woo music. And so woo-woo music is like, you know, you just ask Alexa next time you're home, just say play meditation music and see what she throws at you. It's all like, no, you know, like, and then so then I'm like, I am in the deep ocean. I, you know, and then I can write. So so that's going on in the background as you're writing. Well, Christina, do you turn the music off then when you actually start writing, or is there anything that you're listening to as you're working? No, I, I usually listen while I my I, I have played my playlist like maybe five thousand times by the time I'm like in the writing, and so it's not it's 
I don't, I'm not hearing the words anymore. So it's kind of like a trigger to get You don't sing along? Space. This is a problem that I have <laughs> yeah. when a good song is, uh, that I'd be singing yeah. along to Yeah, by all the of time it. it's in that point, I'm not singing along anymore. Okay. But yeah, it's weird. It's, yeah, we all have our weird things, you know? Okay. Like little things that we have to have, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be reaching out to Freedom after this and, yeah. and asking them to sponsor this episode. They should sponsor, honestly. <laughs> so we'll split, we'll split that. Okay. Uh, um, mentors. I'm just curious. Um, folks that you have looked up to or have been helpful in your writing life. Meg, is there anybody in particular that you, you know, show work to, commiserate with? Um, you know, how does that work for you? Um... All right, so the, I'm going to answer it two ways. The first thing is that I think that I stand on the shoulders of every Latina who has been writing and writing before people were interested in Latino fiction. So I'm going to go back to like Nicolas Amor in the 70s and things like that. And all those women and all those librarians build the scaffolding that I, I stand on. So I do read their work. And I'm very conscious always that I, I'm the next step and that somebody's gonna next stand on me. So there's this whole sort of thought process about that. But I think in current time, I, I feel so fortunate because there are so many gifted, gifted people writing right now. But someone whose work I admire and whose spirit I admire very much is Rita Williams Garcia. Mm, yes. And she's been at this a long time and she brings to the work a maturity and a vision and an honesty and a work ethic and a brilliance that always calls to me and I just I, I just so respect her. She's fantastic, yes. yeah. Christina, what about you? Um, well, Meg, for sure. No. I mean, I, and just what she's saying, she embodies everything that she's saying about how she uplifts other authors. There's just so, so many. I'm, I, I feel like in Kid Lit, especially there's wonderful men in Kid Lit, but the women especially take care of each other so much. There are so many fantastic big sisters that we have who just are, just from the moment that you walk in the door, hold the door open for you and embrace you and try to give you advice and be encouraging and like just really honest sharing stuff. So, you know, so Meg and Cynthia Lydic-Smith and Ellen O and Nikki Grimes and Kate Messner. I mean, like people who will share proposals with you and tell you, you know, like what it's really like to work with certain agents or certain editors. I mean, stuff that like it, if we didn't have that, it would be so hard as a, as a up and coming woman in the field to figure all that out. It's so opaque, you know? And so I, I just feel so lucky. I don't know if other fields um, in literature or just in anywhere in the workplace are like this, but it's such a, such a family. So I, I feel so, so fortunate. Yeah. And yes, and try and thinking about passing it forward and being like that too. I mean, they set such great examples. You want to be like that. Yeah. yeah. Now this, this gets me thinking about young people. Like we just got done with uh, another school year and there's like grad parties going on and everything. And the big question at the grad party is, you know, what are you going to do next? Where are you going? You know, what's, 
what college or career are you are you interested in? So now I'm kind of curious to ask you, you two, like when you were graduating high school, like would you have said I'm planning to be a writer, or if if not, what were you planning? Um, oh Meg, do you? Yeah. yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said that because I, I think at that time I was thinking I was going to go into. Um, PR and marketing, something that had to do with communications, because I talk a lot, obviously. Uh, but I was too afraid to think of writing as a career. And, and it wasn't something that was really encouraged. I didn't know anyone who was a writer. Um, my, my mom certainly wouldn't have encouraged it. She was very practical. She had worked in a factory. She wanted me to have a job that had insurance and benefits, and she didn't want me to suffer. And that, I think, is a common thing that you'll see, like especially first-generation writers. Um, their parents are like, I didn't suffer all this to, for you to come and work for $50 an article or whatever you were going to get paid. So that evolved. That, my, my desire to write developed over time. It developed when I was a teacher. It developed in all the different jobs that I tried to have. Um, this ache to write. But I I went all the way till I was 40 before I found the courage to to say I'm going to try this. Yeah. Yeah. Christina, what about you when you were a high school grad? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Not in any way in the plan. I'm mean, same. Like I, I didn't I never met an author. I never had an author visit at my school. Right. Um, and I, I was on the path to becoming a mechanical engineer. Um, and I, I didn't start until I was 30. So, yeah, also much later. Um, I think, you know, my parents were, my, they owned a restaurant. They owned a, a Thai and Chinese restaurant. And I think what I got from them um, was this when they opened the restaurant, it was the very first Asian restaurant in the entire county that we lived in. And they, you know, my mom always talked about how she was sure they were going to be bankrupt. Like the night before they opened, she was like sweating and being like, what if there's no Asian food restaurant in this town? Cause nobody likes to eat Asian food here. <laughs> like, um, you know, it's a huge risk for them and they just jumped at it. And, you know, 40 years later, the restaurant's still open. So I sort of had that, they set an example of like, do something kind of crazy. Like, you know, you just give it a try. And so I think that's like, that's what I, that's what's in the back of my mind. I think with, with, starting to get into writing books and and trying to get published was I'm just gonna give it a shot I'm just gonna open the restaurant and see if anybody wants to eat my Asian food <laughs> um, and I mean I think that's what I would tell young people too is like a, you just don't know you have no idea where life life is long you you know 30 40 50 60 years of working hopefully you're going to be taking so many turns and twists in your path and you never know. And so, like, just give it a try. Yeah. Try it. Yeah. I think fate, you know, writing a career as a writer, I think, has to do with, with talent for sure. But it also has a lot to do with luck and mm -hmm. with timing, yeah. right? With what's going on, what the interest is in the work. Like, when I started to publish, the interest in... in getting more diverse and inclusive literature was just starting to 
get more conversation. So I had the good fortune of coming into publishing at a time when I, there weren't a lot of people at that moment wanting to have that conversation, but there were a few and it was growing. And so, you know, when I talk to new writers or people breaking in, I feel like that's important to tell them also. Like, it has to also do with what's in the ether, you yeah. know, what's happening in, at a particular time. So, okay, I'm going to shift over to some speed round questions oh here for goodness. the last little bit of time. All right. I've heard Christina is competitive based on the Newberry um, <laughs> session that happened yesterday, the Newberry trivia. Yes. A little bird named John Shu told me that. Yeah, mm -hmm. is, this, is this a competition? Because I will destroy you. <laughs> Uh-oh. There's no winners and losers in this one. No pressure. All right. Okay, so these are just kind of some quick questions, and whatever answer pops into your head is the right answer. So we'll start with you, Christina. What is your favorite snack while working? Oh, salted peanuts. Salted peanuts. <laughs> Can't go wrong with those. Meg? Oh, chocolate. Chocolate. Any particular kind? Um, Oreo cookies. Oh, yes. Oh. Sadly. <laughs> those are so good. I know. <laughs> um, let's see. Meg, favorite animal? What did you ask? Favorite animal. Oh, animal. Um, oh, elephant. Uh, I'm going to go with sea otter. Elephant, sea otter. You can see we're very ordinary people. Know. You know, most people would say cat, dog, hamster. We're like, yeah. elephant and sea otter. <laughs> Christina, favorite beverage. Oh. Um, are we all adults here? No, there's children in the room. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Something like coconut water or something like that. Something refreshing and cold. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Currently, it is... Um, uh, pomegranate juice with seltzer and a piece of lime. Ooh. I've had it's that good. before. It's and really a lot good. of ice. It's good. It's healthy too. Yes. Um, Meg, favorite color? Purple. Blue. Okay, best hour of the day to work. So if you could only pick one hour out of the 24, what is like your magical hour where you feel the most creative, you can do the most? Um, Christina, you want to start? Oh, eight to nine. Oh, did I take your answer? Go, girl. <laughs> eight to nine. Yeah. We should. Text. I, I could also go seven to eight. Yeah. Just sort of depends. We should text each other. At yes. The end be like go. All you right. Got this. All right. We're on. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll call you on Monday. Yeah. You'll be Tuesday. Like, Tuesday. Did Tuesday. you turn on your app, Christina? Yeah. Turn it on. <laughs> Christina, answer me. Okay. But she's already turned on her app that yeah. turns off her phone and all of her internet, so you couldn't communicate. Yeah. So that was my next question was favorite app. Christina already shared hers. Meg, yeah. do you have a favorite app or maybe even like a website or anything? Oh, my gosh. My favorite app. Um, I think Waze. Because <laughs> I, I'm always lost. I'm always lost. I don't know how I got anywhere before we had all of the um, navigation systems. I, You know. So that's, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Okay, speaking of ways, Meg, do you have a first car that you can share with us? A first car that you drove or owned or anything? The first car um, that I drove? Oh. That you called kind of your own, I guess. Oh. Um, it was, 
It was Javier's 1976 Camaro. It was his. That's a really cool I just cool sort car. of earned it. Yeah. That's a cool answer. Javier likes cars. <laughs> I could have also said my aunt's 1972 Nova that she ordered plastic upholstery seats oh. for. <laughs> just like the sofa in our house. So I don't know. That answer is too cool. I was my my first car I owned was a Honda Accord. Like I, oh, I just yeah. want I just want to take Meg's answer. I had I had a <laughs> Honda Accord. Mine was white. Yeah, mine was black. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the car that won't quit. Yeah. Those things are so so reliable and yes. yeah. It was my I I felt real. What was luxury. your worst car? Can I ask that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the Honda Accord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mine was my years in the Ford Windstar van with oh. all of my children. Oh. Like, Carting them around. Yeah. I drive a Honda Odyssey minivan right now, and it is my best car, and it is my favorite car. <laughs> and I, I love it because I, I pick people up in it, and it is like the party wagon. Yeah. So if you come to Austin for a conference or something, I might pick you up in my Honda Odyssey, Meg. Say it isn't so. <laughs> I'm still scarred from those years. You'll see. <laughs> okay, uh, Christina, favorite writing tool? That could be technology or pencil, paper, oh. anything that kind of goes along with your writing process. Oh, I mean, I love a really great needle tip uh, gel pen. Those mm. are uh, just delicious. You open it and the gel, yeah. Yeah, I like gel pens when I'm editing. Yeah. I just mm -hmm. feel like my ideas flow better. But yeah. black wing pencils, have you ever seen them? Oh, those are so, they're so classic and yeah. I love those. These are writers that can you tell like yeah, they're like, like oh, I'm salivating <laughs> over writing instruments. Blackwing pencils. Um, Meg, is there a hobby that you have that maybe people wouldn't necessarily know about or expect? Yeah, strangely, from a girl from Queens, um, New York, I love to garden. I love to see things grow. I love to see when nature like disses me and says, no, I will grow in that spot. It doesn't matter what you say, or I won't grow where you put me. I love to have these sort of philosophical arguments with living things in the ground. So, yeah. Would you say you have a green thumb? No. No. I would, I would say I have a desire for a green thumb, and I'm always trying at it, and I, I feel peaceful out there, especially after it rains and it smells like grass and dirt, and I'm dirty and sweaty there's something about that that feels nourishing to me yeah. Christina how about you hobby I, I think people would be surprised to learn that I really like surfing <laughs> and it's like my number one like if that if I had to pick like number one happy place like aside from being with my family of course it's it's would be surfing I just love it wow. it's like just in the moment there's no better feeling I, I'm not like good. I'm not. I'm not like shredding out there. I'm like barely catching the waves and and riding them. So, but it's great. Where's the best Texas surfing? Uh, well, we. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Um, we'll go down to Port Aransas and yeah. Have that's you, where we you've, go. You've gone there. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Go we part, want video. Waves down in Texas. Don't yeah. you want video <laughs> no. of this? Because I, I, I'm yes. feeling like a, a video moment. Yes. Okay. Last speed round question okay. here. With all the librarians in the audience, I have to ask this one. Bookmark or dog ear pages? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Meg, can you start? <laughs> all right, look. 
I make bookmarks. I can explain. I make bookmarks. I, I like bookmarks. I understand. I don't dog ear a book that I borrow from your library. But if I own it, it's dog eared. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have the same answer. I'm okay. sorry. It's okay. Just, we're going to need an escort out yeah, after that's this. That's right. I feel the pitchforks coming out right now. I was going to share about your events later today, but I think they've just all been canceled now after that <laughs> answer. Thank you, Meg and Christina, for the interview. Thank you, Sawako Shiroda, for making it happen. Thank you, Philip Stead, for creating our theme music. Have an idea for the show? You can contact us via email at theyarnpodcast at gmail.com and visit us online at the School Library Journal website. I'm Travis Yonker. Thanks for listening. Thank you.